0: Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, God is in this place. (laughs) He has done so many wonderful things in a few short days. Amen? Are you glad you came to the conference? Are you glad you are here today? Are you glad that God loves us so much that he even corrects us and directs us and sometimes have to Get us on the right track when we're off the, off the track. Amen? I'm so glad to see all of my guys from so many years ago. I'm feeling like the grandma for sure. But, oh, my. It's amazing when you get with someone that you've known for many years, your mind goes back to that time. You know, I'm sorry we're all old now, right? We are all old. But when we get together, all I can think about is HIT, you know, and and Abilink Bay. Is that where we were? And those days, those early days when we were learning how to to work together and, and live together and do the ministry together. Trust me, we were doing it together. I, I was learning as much, if not more because these guys were my students so many years ago they're my boys they're old men now but they're still my boys and i i love them so very much and when i see them my heart my heart just melts and the memories just flow flood in they're just so so special and then there's my grandson <laughs> i'm i'm so glad to see the the other generations that come because we started this my mercy almost 40 years ago and then it continues on so there's another generation and then another and it just keeps going and that's that's the way it's supposed to do is to keep going thank you so much lauren for sharing your ministry in haiti with us because We prayed for Haiti yesterday. We broke some things in Haiti. We claimed some things for Haiti. And now we know more about what she has done and what she is doing. And please don't forget to pray for Lauren and Haiti when she's gone. And until she comes back next year. Don't forget to pray for her and Haiti. Because God gave us. A special heart for Haiti. And the same thing for Nigeria. Don't forget them when they leave. They're our special brothers. They're part of the family. And we we did some very serious spiritual transactions yesterday and today. Very special. This is not just a time to come together and have church, okay? Having church is fine, but this has been... Some heavy-duty, amazing things. I don't ever want to give the enemy any credit, but he tried everything to hinder the Americans from coming here because the enemy knew that God had something for us and for you and for all of us, and there were so many hindrances. But do you know what? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I am here. We are all here. We could tell our stories how hard it was to get here. But we're here. And we're so happy that God is here in us and with us and has done so many things for us. He's, oh my goodness, you know what? It's going to get better. Every day that we have come, we have told each other, we want more today. It was good yesterday, but we want more today. I know some of you behind the scenes are working and preparing and making all of this happen. And again, I want to thank you for that. We don't see all of the hard work that goes into making it comfortable so we can just sit here and listen and go eat and fellowship and enjoy the time. So please, once again, Show your appreciation to Ben and Joyce and Judith and everyone else that has made this happen. Please give them a hand. After this is over this afternoon, please shake their hands. Give them a hug. Ten CDs if you can. And bless them for all of the hard work they are doing. Do you know when... Ben and Joyce and Judith will begin to plan for next year's conference last week. They, they work at it all year long because it's in their heart. And so they will, they will be making this happen by the grace of God. I'm so grateful that, that God has just orchestrated everything for us to share this week. Amen? I just have a very short uh, message I want to share with you. And it's out of Galatians 5. And when you see the scripture, you'll think again that Lauren and I got together and tried to make this happen. But it didn't happen. I had no idea what she was going to share. And she, neither did she. And she had no idea what I was going to share. But I want us to look at Galatians 5 uh, 16 through and see the the fight between the spirit of God and the spirit of the flesh and the choices we have to make in life and what a difference it will make and all it's going to do is confirm exactly what Lauren just shared with us Ephesians, uh, Galatians 516. I say then walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now that is the answer to the questions we have. That is it. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, two spirits fighting against each other all the time. So that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Here are the works of the flesh. And my translation says they're obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, Outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. Those are the works of the flesh. Those are the, the works of the spirit of the world, the enemy that's always trying to trip us up, always trying to get us to make the bad choices. But the fruit of the spirit. I skipped a verse, didn't I? I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So these scriptures basically sum up everything we have been challenged with and taught and uh, just blessed with this week we don't come to tickle your ears and just to tell you fun exciting uh lies about the ministry you know we don't come to tell you this you know join the ministry this it's lots of fun lots of blessings lots of money oh yes lots of fame lots of fortune we'll put you uh, on the Front of a newspaper and and magazines, and I'll bring you to America and take you around so you can preach to everyone and make lots of dollars. We will never tell you that. We will never tell you lies about the ministry being something that will make you real special and real wonderful and better than everyone else. Because as we have shared this week, the ministry is servanthood. The ministry, do you want to be like Jesus? We say we want to be like Jesus, but again, it's humbling ourselves and being a servant. And the spirit of the enemy Enemy is constantly working against us to trip us up and to cause us to fall and to be bad examples one to another and to, to come out of the ministry. I don't know if you pay attention, but men and women in the ministry are falling out of the ministry by the, I think by the hundreds every day. They're quitting their churches. They're quitting their spouses. There is an epidemic of divorce in the ministry. There is an epidemic of fornication and adultery in the ministry. And these things ought not to be. There's something wrong if we are allowing the spirit of the world in our lives, in our ministry, and in our hearts to because it destroys the family, it destroys the lives of people, it destroys the churches, and it destroys the kingdom that we are trying to build. We are trying to be examples to the world, and yet when we walk after the flesh, because all of these, if you look at the the works of the flesh, most of them are sins that are committed in relational instances. We can, we can easily say, it's none of your business what I'm doing in secret. It's my life. Don't correct me. Don't, don't tell me what to do or, or, or what to look at. It's none of your business. That's me. Yeah, everybody, well, everybody else does it. Everybody does it sometimes. So don't correct me or, or condemn me because that's, that's, you know, I'm only human. Isn't it okay? But see, these sins are relational because everything I do affects you and you and you, whether you find out about it or not, whether you know about my sin or not. It affects us because sin is like a cancer. Once it, the seed is planted and it grows, then it affects the rest of the body. If you see a church that has a, a pastor that's messing around, okay, in adultery or fornication, you'll, you'll find many other church members that are having the same problems. I know I'm meddling. We're just meddling today. But the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy us. He's trying to annihilate the body of Christ, He's trying to wipe us out and we have to take a stand and do something about it and it starts with me and you have to tell yourself it starts with me instead of pointing well it's, it's his fault I know what he's doing I know what she's doing I, I know the, the things that are happening in his life in her life so it's none of none of your business what's happening in my life I'm I went to Bible college with a young man. He became an Assemblies of God pastor, married, had two children, pastored for a few years. I meet him a few years later and he left his wife for another man. Not only is he living in that lifestyle, he's flaunting it, he's joining with the, you know, the gay parades and all of that. And if anyone ever says something to him or confronts him, he said, well, it's no worse than adultery. There's lots of Christians that are in adultery. It's no worse than whatever. It's no worse than this. He gets very defensive because he, know, he knows he's doing wrong. And yet he tries to justify it by saying, you must be doing something wrong. And so just get your face out of mine because we're, we're all human. We're all carnal and we do bad things. Well, you know what? We have to answer to God. And my heart breaks when I hear Christians and believers. And he found a church to go to that's full of homosexuals. There are homosexual churches. I'm telling you. Something is wrong when we let the spirit of the flesh, the evil spirit, walk in and walk all over us and take advantage of us and take control of us. I'm not going to harp on this. I'm going to make it very quick. Right now, I just want to read the first verse of 1 Corinthians 13. How many knows what 1 Corinthians 13 is about? What? Love. We know all about Christian love, don't we? We've heard messages. We've, we learn as small children how to love. But look at 1 Corinthians 13, 1. If I speak in human or angelic languages but do not have love... I'm a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. You can do all the right things. You can be the best preacher in the world. You can give your money to feed the poor. You can um, be a good singer. You can be a good missionary. You can do all the right things but if you're not walking in God's spirit and doing right by God you're like a, a noise. A, a loud clanging cymbal which like these drums just bang on it, bang on it, bang on it. If someone got up there and just banged all those cymbals we'd be holding our ears and think that's not music, that's noise, that's annoying. That's hindering my life. I don't like it. That's what it sounds like to God when we say, God, I'm doing all the right things. Well, you can prophesy. You can preach. You can do miracles. But if you're walking in the flesh, if you're allowing these sins to overtake your life, then you're just a, a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. God wants to correct us. He wants to... Uh, Lovingly bring us back into the kingdom if we have strayed from Him. He wants to maybe not expose everything to the world, but just as Lauren was saying, I was so, so um, impressed by her vulnerability to share this with us how that when she felt convicted about a temptation. She could go to someone and say, this is what I'm fighting. Will you fight it with me? And that's what God is calling us to do today. Whatever we're struggling with, you don't have to come up here and stand up here and say, I'm fighting lust or I'm in an affair or I feel like... I'm gay or whatever. You don't have to do that, but you do need to go to someone you trust, as she said, and have them pray with you and confess it to them and get deliverance. I'm telling you this because the enemy is destroying us from within because of these things. And they are in the church. There are emissaries of the enemy that have been planted in our churches to try to draw us away from him. That maybe love what we are doing and they're our best friend and they want to do the ministry with us but then try to draw us away from God. And unfortunately, the the enemy has perverted everything good God has created. The enemy has perverted everything everything holy and blessed about our bodies and our minds and our spirits and he's trying to draw us away and we cannot let that happen anymore. We have to take a stand for ourselves because we are an example to the body and then for our congregations for our families. Our children are being drawn away. When they go to school when they go to colleges they're being drawn away from the truth by the spirit of the flesh in the world and we have to take a stand against that we have to claim them and uh, hold on to them and continue to teach them and train them in the ways of God so they won't be drawn away I know the children the, the teens have that favorite saying everybody else does it my son tried that on me once. I said, well, you're not going to do it. <laughs> Maybe everyone else does it, but you can just stop it right now. You are a man of God. You are a child of God called into the ministry and I have raised you and dedicated you to do better than that and you're not going to do it. I don't care if everyone else is doing it. So we need to stop that right now. Whether it's an excuse for our children or ourselves. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I feel like you're just challenging us today to stop a lot of stuff, to quit a lot of things, to turn away from junk that is drawing us away from the truth, drawing us away from your love, drawing us away from your spirit. We know the the fruit of the spirit, but if we choose to walk in the, the spirit of the flesh, then we're just like a clanging cymbal. We're just like a noisy gong. We're just hurting God's ears. We're just destroying ourselves and our families and our churches. And in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the enemy that's trying to destroy us from within, from without, from all over the place. We take a stand for our families, for our children and grandchildren, for the spouses that have tried to leave and to go astray and to make bad choices. Lord, we take authority over that. We take a stand. We take a claim of victory for the church. We, we claim victory for our families. We claim victory for our children, for our grandchildren. We will not give up on them. We claim victory for them. Please agree with me for your your families, your children and grandchildren, that God would build a hedge of protection around them and draw them back in. I'm constantly believing for God to draw back in my prodigal son and those family members that have strayed from him. We can't give up on them. God has so much for us to do and so much for our families, so much for our congregations. Oh, Father God, we love you so much, and we thank you for showing up and just blessing us so much here this week. Thank you for instilling in us, oh, so many challenges. Help us to be strong and to go out and do what you have given us to do, to put a stop to the junk and give our hearts open of freedom for your spirit of God to work in us and through us and see the world changed by the Holy Spirit, by the changes in our lives. We can't do this if we are uh, burdened down with every form and every sin that be so easily besets us. We don't want to be slowed down and burdened down by sin and by bad choices and by giving into the lust of the flesh. But God, we give you freedom to heal us and to deliver us and to give us victory so that we can walk in freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Amen.